Welcome to Apologetics in 15, a podcast from the Table Campus Ministry at Oklahoma State University. I'm your host, Drew Moss, and uh, we're going to get right to it today. One of the more common misconceptions about college, one that's held by both believers and unbelievers, is that college is some kind of faith killer, right? Like for many people in the church, the university campus has been viewed as this like minefield of temptations and worldly ideas and anti-Christian teaching that's just taking our young people out one by one. And, and one of the major culprits in all of this is the atheist college professor, right? This professor, usually a professor of biology or, or um, philosophy or whatever, just stands up and, and rails on Christianity day after day and talks about why the Bible can't be trusted and, and just completely de constructs everything his young Christian students have believed all their lives. Uh, We've even got like Christian movies about this idea, right? Um, But in reality, life at college actually doesn't doesn't usually look like this. Uh, First of all, it's important to know this, that there are multiple studies actually showing that young people are not losing their faith because of college. That actually, when Christian students graduate from high school, uh, those who attend university are, are more likely to keep their faith than those who don't. And, and most professors at a university, contrary to some people's beliefs, aren't making it their life's mission to destroy Christianity. Uh, now, that's not to say that college presents no obstacles to faith. No, there are some definite temptations and experiences on the university campus that can be tough to navigate for young Christians. And though most professors aren't trying to undermine your faith, there, there are some profs and some classes that will really try to shake a young person's beliefs. That will sometimes subtly, um, sometimes not so subtly, attack the Bible and attack Christianity over and over again in their teaching. Um, I, I would say here at OSU, uh, we're not hearing about stuff like this all the time, but, but we probably hear from one to two students each semester who are struggling with things that they're hearing in class. And, and sometimes it's the classes you'd expect, uh, the biology class, the philosophy, or, or the world religions class. Um, and sometimes it's actually the ones you wouldn't expect, like literature classes or, or a biblical studies course. I think a lot of students get into like a, a biblical, they, they hear Paul in the early church, or they hear you know New Testament theology, and, and they just assume that's going to be taught by a Christian, and they get in there and they're kind of surprised sometimes. But um, when these students sit in these classes and they come and talk to us, it's because it's they, they kind of feel like the rug's being pulled out from under them, and, and they're not really sure what to do, you know? Is, is what the professor's saying true, first of all? And, and how am I supposed to respond to this? Do I Do I I just ignore these ideas and and try not to think about them? Or uh, do I need to say something? Is that my responsibility? Should I be arguing with him or her, the professor in class? Like he's taking all these shots at Christianity and and everyone around me is just laughing. Um, And I feel like I should say something, but I don't know what to say. Um, I don't know if you've been there before and and you know that feeling. What, What do you do in that feeling? Like how should you respond when a university professor... An, an expert in their field and someone who's in authority over you, at least in that situation, when that professor attacks your faith. That's what I want to talk about today. And, and though each situation is going to be a little different, there are some guiding principles that you can follow that, that I think will help you greatly. So here are just uh, some do's and don'ts when a professor attacks your faith in class. Uh, Let me start actually with the don'ts, a few things you shouldn't do. The first is this, uh, don't freak out. 
this is a natural response for some people. When they sit in a class and, and they hear this really intelligent man or woman rattle off all these supposed contradictions in the Bible, or when they're told that you know the Gospels were actually written well after the life of Jesus, and, and so most of the stories were just myths that kind of grew up over a period of years, or, or when their biology professor explains that the Bible's creation stories have been completely debunked by modern science, it's easy to go, whoa, Like, how, how come nobody ever told me this, or or what am I supposed to do with this and to feel like your whole worldview is kind of crumbling in front of you? But don't panic. Um, at our campus ministry table, we, we like to say uh, the truth has nothing to hide. And that is you, you don't have to be afraid of the stuff um, that, that you're hearing in classes. You don't have to be afraid to go down that road. You don't have to be intimidated by your professor's intellect. The truth has nothing to hide. Um, I, I love this reminder that, that Ryan Vincent came and, and gave our students one time at the table. He, he just said, um, remember that being an expert in one field does not make you an expert in every field. Um, so, for example, being an expert in biology does not make you an expert in ancient Near Eastern thought. Uh, often when a professor says things like that science disproves a particular scripture or passage, they're actually just misinterpreting that passage, either the meaning or the purpose of that text. Or, or when a professor points out all these supposed contradictions in the Bible, usually it's because they're failing to read those passages in context or failing to understand the literary genre of that particular text. So um, a lot of times, this is just kind of a secret for you, many professors who take shots at the Bible have never seriously read the Bible. Um, they're just throwing out some verses that they heard their professors talk about when they were in school and, and kind of parroting their ideas. Not all of them. There are some who maybe came, grew up in church and those kinds of things, but a lot of them don't actually know the scriptures, don't actually know the faith that they're attacking there in class. And, and, and they may be really smart about a lot of things, but, but don't assume that means they're smart about the scriptures or smart about your faith. So, so don't freak out when you first hear these things. The, the second is this, don't feel the need to attack them. Uh, let, let me kind of um, put, I guess, a caveat on this. Unless you really feel compelled by the Spirit, which you may, the, the Spirit may be put on, you know, you need to stand up and you, to, you need to talk about this, you need to defend your faith. Um, but I would say, even if you think you're feeling that, be very cautious, be very careful that that's not um, just pride or anger boiling up in you. Uh, the truth is there are a number of reasons uh, why standing up and going toe-to-toe with your professor is, is not usually wise. You've probably heard the command from 1 Peter 3.15 that goes, Always be prepared to make a defense to anyone who asks you for a reason for the hope that is in you. Um, and so I'm not, so, I'm not opposed to you like defending your faith in class. I think we ought to be ready to give a defense when it comes. Um, I remember a particular time when I was in school overseas and, and I felt like God was telling me, you, you need to say something. And, and so I, I, I said something. I raised my hands and I, I kind of debated with the professor a little bit. But it's important to remember that the verse doesn't actually end there. Uh, notice what Peter says right after. He says, be ready to give a reason for the hope that is in you. And then he says, yet do it with gentleness and respect, having a good conscience so that when you are slandered, those who revile your good behavior in Christ may be put to shame. So yes, 
Um, your words are a defense, and you need to use those, but your behavior and your attitude are also a defense for the hope in you. The way you act um, talks about or reveals Jesus to people around you. So be sure that your professor and, and your classmates like see the, the love and joy and kindness of Jesus in you when you talk. Uh, also, it's probably not wise to start a debate there in the middle of class um, just because, you know, even if they're not experts in everything, your professors are still kind of in their territory. Um, when they're teaching there in that room. They, they know their material, and they have probably already heard other students make the same argument that you're about to make in that moment. Um, they're prepared. You're not. And, and so it really could um, lead to, to even more problems for you if you try to, to stand up and kind of go right after them there. So that leads me actually into some things that you should do, though. Um, so don't freak out. Don't try to attack right away. Um, here's some things you should do. First is study. Um, so don't, don't say things to yourself or to your professor just like, well, my pastor always said, or my parents told me, um, that's not going to get you very far. Even if your pastor is right, which he probably was, or your parents are right, um, but unless you're able to own these ideas and these beliefs yourself, to know why you believe them, it's probably not going to help you in your arguments in class, and it's really not going to help you in your own confidence in your faith. Um, but also, you don't have to like stick your finger in your ears and, and try not to think about your professor's arguments um, to just to just hope that they'll kind of go away and you can forget about it. No, like study, use this as an opportunity to own your faith. Uh, remember, the truth has nothing to hide. You don't have to be scared to pursue these questions and study this stuff. This could actually be a great opportunity for your faith to be strengthened. Uh, but I will add on to this uh, the second thing you should do, and this might honestly be the most important advice I could give anyone on this topic, and that is lean into community. One of the greatest gifts God has given you is his church, which is an invaluable resource for your growth, and we neglect it at our own peril. Uh, if you're wrestling with certain questions about your faith, go talk to your college minister or your youth minister, your preacher, or, or someone you respect. Uh, they can help you process your doubts. They can um, point you to resources that you could study. More than likely, they've wrestled with some of these same questions themselves, and they can share with you how they've walked through that stuff. In, uh, in my 12 years of college ministry, I can only think of one student of ours who walked away from Christ because of, we'll call them like intellectual issues, um, as opposed to those, we, we've had a number who've walked away for like life issues. They just didn't want to obey anymore. It was too hard. They wanted to sleep with their girlfriend, whatever. But I can think of one who, who walked away through intellectual issues. Now, we've had plenty of students wrestle with difficult issues that were brought up in classes or textbook, but it's just this one guy who actually made the decision to renounce Christ and become an atheist, and it was because he never brought his questions to anyone. He just like sat in his room thinking about them and researching them himself. And I remember telling him when he finally came, came and like declared that he was no longer a Christian, I remember telling him, like, I wish you would have just come to me. And not so I could give him some kind of pat answer like, you know, you just need to have more faith or, or, or don't worry about those things. Just believe in the Bible. No, I, I wish he would have come to me so we could begin exploring these issues together. Um, I could have helped him think through these things, but by then it was, it was too late. 
And uh, so one last thing I'll say is this um, to do, and this relates to actually how to respond in the classroom. So after you've studied, after you lean into community, you feel compelled, you feel the need to address these issues in the classroom, I would say do it this way, ask questions. And I try to take this tactic with actually anyone who disagrees with my faith, whether that's an atheist or like Mormon missionaries coming to my door or whatever, um, rather than starting with like direct attacks on their arguments, I like to ask them just tons of questions about what exactly they're claiming and how they've arrived at that conclusion. Like this, first of all, it gives me the chance to make sure that I'm clearly hearing and understanding and that I'm not arguing with something that they're not really saying. And also, it really does kind of set the stage for dialogue and learning rather than just debate. And remember, in the classroom, you, you are the student. That's what you're there for. And it's, it's good to like show the proper respect to your teacher that, that, hey, I want to learn from you. I'm not just trying to come and take shots at you. So even like when I want to make a case from something or a case for something, I actually find that it's received better when I can make that case in the form of a question. Uh, so like one, one example, we recently heard uh, about a student who, who's in a class, uh, a literature class of all things, and, and the professor was in there showing the students how the creation accounts in Genesis 1 and Genesis 2 are contradictory, supposedly. And, and rather than in that moment just saying something like, hey, that's ridiculous, uh, no author would be so stupid to not realize that they were contradicting themselves within like the space of three paragraphs, which is what I want to say. Like, do you honestly expect me to believe that they didn't, they didn't know what they were saying in those two chapters? Um, it actually works way better to ask something like, um, so I've been told that a lot of biblical scholars say Genesis 1 and 2 are likely two different genres of literature. And so they're probably just describing something in two completely different ways. What are your thoughts on that? And in that question, I'm making a defense there, but I'm also kind of maintaining a posture of a respectful student, and, and I'm actually inquiring of them. I'm, I'm, I'm asking to, to hear from them, and, and, and I genuinely want to know, but I, I'm also allowed to kind of say some things that I think are true. Um, so these are just a handful of things that, that I hope are helpful. Obviously, there's plenty more we could get into, but I want to keep it kind of simple. So don't freak out. Uh, don't feel the need to attack study, pursue these things, um, lean into the community. And, and when you're addressing these things, ask questions, be ready to learn and be ready to, to make a defense in a kind and respectful and loving way. Um, I, I hope that if you do have questions that you do come to those in need. And I hope that you're willing to come to us, our table students, if you're listening, that you'll come to us. Or, or if you're not at the table, you can ask questions. My email is drew at thetableosu.com. And if you've got questions, one you want us to address in this podcast, um, or just to kind of think through, man, shoot, shoot me an email. I would love to chat with you. Uh, that's all the time we have for today. We will wrap up. I want to thank Steve Broadway for helping to run this. We'll talk to you later.